Welcome to Card Slingers, coming to you coast to coast. Hi, I'm Jamie Elford from Portland, Oregon, representing the West Coast. I'm Melissa Sonova, speaking to you from the Midwest here in St. Louis. And I'm Hillary, the New Yorker. We're going to talk about what we like about the cards. And what we don't like. What we're learning. And what we're teaching. It's all about slinging them cards. So we have uh, we have a, a listener question today, guys, which I'm pretty excited about. Yay. So all four of our listeners, thank you for sending in questions. <laughs> I'm sure <laughs> we have more than that. At least seven. So. Yeah. At, At least. least seven. Um, but this this person, Nicole, is someone that I actually went to high school with her big sister and kind of knew peripherally when we were growing up and then became one of my tarot students. And I actually just released a new class called Tarot Reversals. Uh, that stars Nicole because she was like, can you just teach me this? And I'm like, what if we recorded it and taught everybody? So it's just a, a conversation about reversals, but she, she asked really good questions. Um, and the question that she posed to Jamie and Hillary and myself um, is basically how do you keep the client engaged when you're learning how to do readings? And I think it's a really important question. There are two things I want to talk about off the top is that, if you still need to refer to your book during readings, you probably shouldn't be charging American dollars for that reading. Um, if you need to refer to the book, you should be sw- swapping readings for meals or a bottle of Jack Daniels or whatever floats your boat. Or, or a testimonial. Mm-hmm. Or a testimonial. Because in that time when you're still grabbing your book in the middle of readings, you are a still a student and I would say that you're in the apprenticeship stage because you have your teacher in your pocket. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. I used the book for a decade, right? And the only reason I stopped using it is because I left it at home one day. So there's nothing wrong with using the book. But if you're going to call yourself a professional reader, you need to be in the place where you don't have training wheels. And then the second thing is that figuring out your own reading style is really just faking it until you make it. You you make mistakes and you're going to learn how to set better boundaries. You're going to learn what language you use and fall into a cadence of what your reading sounds like. Um, you'll have a kind of routine or a ritual. Every time you do a reading, you'll do kind of hit the same spots, um, either with, you know, lighting incense or I always have the same spiel when I start a reading um, that I, I'm going to shuffle until you tell me to stop. And then I'll cut in three piles. You tell me which pile to read from. And then I'll do a weather report and see how things are going. And after that, we'll have specific questions. That's how I do readings every single time. But it took me 20 years of reading professionally to figure that out. So Hillary and Jamie and I are going to talk about how we do readings and how we keep our clients engaged. And Nicole, I hope this is helpful to you. Um, I have had a reading from Nicole and she's very good. I always, I make my students read for me, which is no pressure. (laughs) No, it's more for my like giggles than it is for anything. But um, it's always fun to see what they have to say and where they're at because. Yeah, exactly. Like, did I, did I do a good job? You know, are you, are you, are you where you should be? And Nicole is a really great reader. So I appreciate this question and I'm going to toss it to the uh, West coast with Jamers first. Um, how do, you, how do you keep clients engaged when you're learning? There's all sorts of things. So first off, I, kinda, I feel like I learned twice. I learned once when I was in junior high and high school, but I didn't use a book. 
and I didn't really have anybody to read for. I didn't really trust family to read for. Mm -hmm. So I would take pictures and take notes and then kind of forget about it. And then once when I was back in college, when I had boyfriends or friends read for me and I read for them, yes, with a book. But again, as Liz points out, I wasn't paying for them and neither were they. We were exchanging um, friendship, time, you know, an equal opportunity type thing. Mm -hmm. So I didn't actually start really reading for public until, geez, 2000 or so. And even then, you know, at the beginning, it was it was slow going. You know, it was the, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, am I going to give them the right thing? You know, because I don't really see myself as a psychic reader. I, I mostly look at the cards and interpret what I see, the symbolism on the cards. Um, and I also look at the elements. I'm more of, I guess, you know, if you had to call me something, it'd be more like when I do just like normal tarot readings where I talk and you listen I'm kind of a more of an elemental or pattern type person where I look at the patterns and see what comes through. That tells me the story. And then, you know, I can either say, you know, hit or miss, you know, how does this sound? And then we dialogue and engage in extra discussion. That's like Liz said, it's a pattern that I've developed over the years of just practicing playing. And to be honest, my first in my first house, when I was a fledgling professional. I read a lot for my cat or the television. I would stop at questions. Buffy the vampire there. How do we do this? Pause, shuffle the deck, pull three cards. My cat comes around. <laughs> what do you want for dinner? Even knowing that she's got free range to kibble, I'd pull a card or a few. And even then she liked the cards. So occasionally when I was reading later on, she'd come and sit on cards and I would tell my clients, you know, the cat says the ace of swords is important. So maybe you need to start creating new ideas. You know, just for the fun of it. That's awesome. It is. It's fun. It's, you know. My dog's left paws indicating that the emperor card is going to mean a lot to you this week. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there are things that you learn, scripts that you can say, like Liz has an opening script. I have an opening script. Um, it can, it's boiled down to basically what can tarot do for you today? Sometimes when I'm with a new reader, I ask them, you know, hey, have you ever had your reading? done. Oh, nope, nope. I'm like, oh, goody. My favorite types of readings. I'll rub my hands. I'll get excited. I'll bounce. I'll be like, thank you for letting me be your first. This is a real treat for me. And then I talk to them about what the cards really are, the symbolism, if they seem scared or nervous. And if this were still in-person style readings, I would let them touch the deck, you know, face up and kind of look at the images just to see what they could find. Sometimes I would even read right up, just depending on anything. But now in the pandemic times, we really don't have that ability. So instead, I, you know, we'll just converse a little bit as I'm shuffling, you know, oh, you've had a reading. Oh, you haven't. Well, blah, 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 blah. Tarot is great, et cetera, et cetera. Now, what can tarot do for you today? And then they'll ask me the question, talk about the situation. And then I either find a spread in my head or do a generic three card spread. So um, I find that a lot of my readings start out with three cards mm -hmm. just because I find that three gives us a good roundabout number of either past, present, future, body, mind, soul, or any combination of what's kind of going on. And from there, you can add and layer on more cards and more meetings, depending on if you are a time-based reader, which I am, or a question-based, you know, like I know list just reads until she gets the question done and then boom, end of, you know, call. Yeah. It could be five minutes. It could be an hour. You never know. The thing that I like what you, about what you said, well, I liked all of it. I liked all of it. But 
one of the things I liked about what you said is it's time to converse because tarot readings, if unless you're going for that like mystic woo woo kind of shit, tarot readings should be a conversation. And I know that some folks will sit down and be like, I mean, we had a whole fucking episode about people like, come on, psychic. Yeah. yeah. But sometimes it's a resistance to getting getting taken advantage of. And people are like, just do what you do. That's fine. That's a question. You know, that's a that's a valid question in itself of what do they need to know? What can tarot do for you? Right. It's a I think that the the part of Nicole's question about uh, the general reading, like, what do you do? You just you just look around and see what there is, what the cards are saying, you know, and see what they're telling you. Um, So, Hill. East Coast. <laughs> What's up, East Coast? Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I agree. I agree with everything that everyone has already said so far. We're all really goddamn smart. Um, but but I totally agree about um, tarot is a conversation above all, and um, and I feel like whenever I approach a reading with a new client, I'm also approaching educating that client about tarot. And even better if they go out after a reading with me and buy their own tarot deck, like that gets me so, so excited and it makes me feel really good. And it makes me feel as if I did my job right because I'm showing them, you know, like, yes, I am a professional. Yes, I've spent a lot of time and effort and taken classes and, you know, spent many man hours learning this because it is, it's a skill and it's also kind of an art as well. Um, but there's nothing to say that you can't also read your own cards as well and, and forge your own connection with the tarot that is personal to you. So, um, so my task is kind of like twofold, you know, like, yes, I'm reading your cards for you. Um, but I'm also kind of teaching you about the tarot and what different cards can symbolize in connection to your particular question. Um, but I feel like all of us kind of have a similar style, I guess, but it's going to be a little bit different or the flavor is going to be different. It's you almost as much if... nicer than me. Like, <laughs> no, <laughs> I think my clients would disagree with you. <laughs> yeah. You never know. I mean, you know, again, I, I have two different styles of readings. I've got the ones that are more, I hate to use the term fortune telling, but they're, you know, you sit to me, I give you the advice because let's we're, own fortune we're telling. Public. Okay. Come on. Let's okay, just own so, it. So owning it. And this is, you know, this is like the quick readings. They aren't time-based, but they're like one card, four cards, or six card readings at an event that I do. Um, that's quite different than what I, than when you give me $90 for an hour's worth of stuff. Right. And that hour, my clients do the talking and I give homework. Mm-hmm. I think the kind of readings that Nicole was talking about speaks to that second kind that you or the first kind you were talking about. Because when you're doing, like, there is literally no better place to learn how to do tarot readings than at a festival or a fair. <laughs> or, like, I used to work everyday circuses, a charity here in St. Louis, and they would get people like fire eaters, stilt walkers, and fortune tellers. Which I used to tell people, Jamie, the reason I got on that is because I used to tell people if they called me psychic or fortune tellers, I'm like, I would just say that I'm just an intuitive because those words have shitty connotations, but I'm owning them. Fuck it. I'm psychic. Fine. If you think I'm a weirdo, don't call me. But anyway, so, but I would do readings at office parties, right? So these, these folks would have their Christmas or New Year's blowout. I would be dressed terribly with scarves and shit, but you know what? It was a hundred dollars an hour. I'll wear a monkey suit if you want me to, that's fine. But I would sit and I would do these quick 
like five or 10 minute readings. I would have a line out the door and I had to learn how to connect with that client immediately, do my job and go on to the next one. I had to become a professional. I had to make it an instant connection. And the way that I did that, and you guys let me know as this is supposed to be a conversation yeah. to you guys. True. Let me know if this No, I'm just up. interested. Like, yeah. go on. <laughs> this is how you get like, it. How? How yeah. do you get an story? <laughs> you ask the person's name, first of all. Names are really important. I learned when I was a social worker that um, if someone has a complicated name and you don't ha- take the time to figure out how to say it or how to spell it properly, it's deeply insulting to that person. Agreed. I worked a lot in, um, in all sorts of different communities. And that is the one thing that I know to be true is that if someone gifts you their name, get it right. It's a privilege. You're, you're exchanging energy with this person. Hi, I'm Melissa. It's nice to meet you. Hi, Hillary. All right, let's get started. Have you had a tarot reading before? No? Great. I do a lot of them. So I have enough experience for both of us. What I want you to do is I want you to shuffle the cards until you feel like you're done. And then cut in three piles. Great. Which pile do you want to read from? Great. What's your question? This is what I ask them while they're shuffling. Because I'm not going to do a non-question-led reading when I have five minutes to do it. Right. So they're shuffling the cards. Give me your question. Oh, I wanted to know if if I was going to die alone and cats are going to eat my face. Okay, well, let's look at that. I take the cards back. One, two, three. These are my base cards. I can see here that the past card says that you seem to date the same person over and over. They're just wearing different kinds of suits. Two is that you have a lot of stuff to work on in your background emotionally that you're ignoring. And that's why you keep finding these people who are kind of shallow and less than. And three, I think that you can find your person, but first we have to work on ourselves. So two more cards down. The best way to do this is find a counselor or to talk to a friend who has similar experiences in their past. Here's a magic spell that you can do. Yeah. Like take something that belongs to the person that broke your heart last and set fire to it. It's really cleansing. And then let's see what happens. All right. We're going to look ahead. You've done this work. You've done your homework. What's going to happen in six months? Oh, it's the ace of wands. You're going to find somebody. No problem. Because that's that big dick energy. And if a dick is attached to the person that you want, <laughs> congratulations. If it's not, you can buy one. Um, but that's neither here nor there. So that's how I do my reading. Mm-hmm. And then I say, thank you for letting me read for you. It's a privilege. I really had fun. Next I do something similar, but when people don't have a question, I'll suggest like, um, okay, let's just see what's going on. The energy is going on right now. What's going on Mm -hmm. right now? What do I need? What's the one thing I need to know right now? If they but are, you land on a question. Yeah. You, you yes, ask a question. Yeah, like I a capital yeah. D. Mm-hmm. You, or if they're like, I don't really know. Yeah. Let's narrow that down because I don't have time to help you figure out your life. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, I'll just say, what topic, you know, do you have a topic that's going on that's Sex, challenging right money. now? What's yep. it going to be? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. You know, yeah. So you can always come up with a generic list of questions. I keep a note. Yeah questions because sometimes I even have an issue with questions like you know oh god I don't know how to do this but here's the situation I'm good with defining a situation and then like the last time I had um, a situation I had Liz read for me and she went no problem got this and sent me cards sent me on my way it was an email reading but yeah I think that quick and dirty is a great way to to learn how to do readings because Mm -hmm. what you're asking of the cards and don't use that many 
don't use a goddamn Celtic cross when you only have five minutes to do a reading. Nobody has time for that. I do no more than four, three cards. Like three. Yeah. yeah. Lay down three cards. See what the story is. Lay down two cards. See what their work is. Lay down one card. See what's coming. Hmm. Right. Or just lay down three if you're really hopping. But keep it limited and always, always get a question. And I, I actually, this was reinforced by Rachel Pollack at a tarot conference where she called someone up and she goes, well, what's your question? And the person's like, I don't know. She's like, oh, no, you have to have a question. I don't have time for this. And it was, she was being very <laughs> playful. But I was like, I don't have time for this. Unless, in like when I do email readings, I have to have a question because yes. I'm not going to go digging around in the cosmos to see what the fuck your problem is. Like, it's not going to happen. But if I'm on the phone, I do a general reading first. That's my weather report reading. And then I get to the questions. And that kind of gives me a feel for what's going on. But that's also a 40-minute phone call that they've paid for that I'm wholly present for. That's not me sitting in a place with a bunch of people talking and everybody's drinking and music's going and they put me right next to the fucking speakers even though I asked them not to. And I have to go. Mm-hmm. I don't have time to make a connection. I need to forge a connection. Mm. Yes. And so would you say that the usage of a person's name and the question is your way in yep. to make That's that immediate? Yep. Okay. Nice Just to, meet to you. clarify. I'm <laughs> Melissa Hillary. It's good to meet you. What's your question? Okay, Hillary, you want to wonder, you want to know why your glasses are so cute? Well, it's because you're adorable and anything that touches your face turns into adorable too. Not <laughs> I like the street ink. Tell me more about me. Exactly. <laughs> so, but, but you're, you're immediately connecting to who they are and what do they want. Mm-hmm. And Nicole also mentioned in the letter that she kind of uses notes to write down the connection of the cards. I get that. But again, that needs to be something that is either done in your head or you're practicing. Well, and, all, my and all, also, we, so you glossed over it a little bit, but I tend to e- do that. email readings, what mm-hmm. is yeah. wrong with an email reading Nothing. and going towards your books, you know, when you're giving an email reading, when I give an email reading, sometimes, yes, yes, I'm off book by now, but sometimes I'm doing a reading and I'm just like, you know what? I know that Melissa wrote something really, really apropos about this card in Kitchen Table Tarot. I'm going to go really look this witty up. and clever too, and modest but, with and, maybe and five fucks in it. With five yeah. fucks in it, yes. But but there's nothing there's nothing wrong with like if you're feeling mm-hmm. like you're going too slow for that mm-hmm. person because I know that's part of the question that was asked. Um, there's nothing wrong with seeing if a different format of delivery is better for you than an in-person or, you know, a verbal or whatever. And if you're finding that you're uncomfortable or feeling like you're on the spot, well, you know, part of it is just the process of learning how to Mm -hmm. read tarot for somebody else, but it could be just the method of delivery isn't right for you. And that's where Mm -hmm. experimentation comes in to find out what, what type of delivery is better for you. Can I admit something? I'm here for it. There are are times, just us and our seven listeners, of course, there are times when, when I do readings for myself, I will pull a book. (gasps) Mm -hmm. I will, I will, yeah, I do that too. Scandal. I know. I'll pull Rachel. I'll pull Mary Kay Greer. I'll even pull Liz Worth because sometimes I want to, I want somebody else to tell me what that card is. Even though I've got multiple things in the head. 
So, you know, there is no right way to do it. I mean, I'm all about experimentation. That's, you know, what my book was written about and for to figure out what works for you and how to incorporate the cards into your life. Yeah. Use your tools. Yeah. You can totally use the book. If you do in-person readings with somebody or on the phone readings with them and you feel like you're taking a lot of time, use that as part of your intro. Tell them, I'm still learning. I do have a book next to me. So if you hear some silence, that might be me looking something up real quick. So this is where I think Hillary's thing, because yes to everything you said, except for the last part, I disagree with, because Mm -hmm. when you get a, a phone reading, that person is paying for a conversation with you. True. They're not paying for time for you to study long drawn out silences, humming, you know, the dog barking. The, it's an experience. What what we're selling is the experience of you getting a reading from me. And I think that, and I, as I said, I know Nicole, I, I know that she's a good reader, you know, and I know that she's doing very well, but these questions are really important for folks who haven't done this shit before. For, for new readers, it's really important. But I think there has to be a level of confidence before you can call yourself a professional reader mm-hmm. in all that that entails. Now, if you were to put something on your website that says, I'm still learning, I'm still using a book, this is why my readings are not 125 an hour, they're only 30, fuck, go for it. That's great. Yeah. Work on your process, but be totally transparent about it. I think that's awesome. And I think that's what Nicole is actually doing is she lets people know, Hey, I'm still learning. This is the price that I'm charging because I'm still learning. And I think that that's fantastic, but you have to stay way above board on that because I have seen some folks and I don't like to judge, but I'm so good at it. (laughs) Is that they'll, you know, they'll charge a hundred dollars for a reading and then you can clearly see that the email reading or whatever you got is copy and pasted from a book or from a text or whatever. And I could have looked that shit up myself. I don't need to pay $100 for somebody to Google it for me. Yeah. Um, so I think that just be careful that what you're selling is, is what they're receiving. You know, mm-hmm. don't sell a $125 reading and give them a $30 reading. So I think <laughs> my readings are always good. No, um, <laughs> But I think you have to be really honest. Like when I was first starting out um, professionally reading, I was, it was 20 years ago, I want to say. And I know it's more than like, because I was in college, but I would just do a reading for 10 bucks for something off my Amazon wish list for, you know, a bottle of Jack Daniels for whatever. But I, I would price it at that. And then it got to 30 and then it got to 50 and then it got to, you know, 75. And I learned my way up the slope to what I'm making now, which is 125. And I honestly think next year I'm going to raise my rates again. Um, I think you should. Well, Mm -hmm. yeah, but it's because I can look back and without any hubris say, I am really good at this and um, I don't want, it's a, it's a good way to clear folks out who maybe want to just screech and argue at me during the readings because I don't like that. And if I'm a little more expensive, I'll get people who are really invested in having a conversation with me instead of people who just want validation for bad decisions, which is something that I'm sure we all get quite a bit. Oh, yes. So, oh, yeah. yeah. So for sure. when you, for you sure. price yourself out of that range, then you get to have more confidence that your reading is something that you're both invested in. Mm-hmm. And you're not just holding your phone away from you going, Jesus Christ, you're paying to argue with me, ma'am, you're, <sighs> madam. 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 Please. Please. Argue with <laughs> Ma'am. I'm going to hang yeah. up now. <laughs> exactly. This, this might be the reason why your husband left you. Yeah, I'm uh, not sure, but 
I have an inkling. So yeah, I think, I think it's a process. I love that Nicole sent in this question. Thank you very much, Nicole. Do you guys have anything else, any little, you know, tips or tricks on? Well, I mean like the, the whole concept of, well, I don't, I don't know why I'm here. I just know I need a reading. Like you can totally like bring it back to a question. I mean, you can certainly, it's either a question to focus on a question that you want answered or a situation that you want clarification on. And that's kind of part of my spiel. Like when I'm reading, um, at, a fair or at a party or or one-on-one I'm just like you want to shuffle you want to think of a question that you want an answer to or a situation you need clarification on and if you can't think one of those two things just what do I most need to know right now yeah and and it's it's more for you than for them Mm -hmm. you know and that whole thing where you really need to focus I used to do this to people just close your eyes and really focus on what you the cards know the cards the cards will do their their job so that little bit of hocus pocus isn't necessary but i also think it's important that if somebody doesn't want a reading and their friends or whatever at a party and they're like hey you should give tommy a reading leave tommy alone yeah. don't don't pretend to give him a reading don't force a reading don't make them uncomfortable because some people have religious or or cultural issues with tarot cards and you being part of the joke, making them get one is not nice or helpful. So it's I just wanted serving, to throw that in. It's not yeah. serving the tarot community anytime anyone does that shit. Don't, don't hold your cards like a weapon. We're not going to hurt people with them. It's not okay. Right. Exactly. I would say the last thing I would want to add into all this is take a deep breath before or even as the client sits down, know that you have the answers inside. The cards are, you know, have a multitude of meetings, but it will tell you what it needs to know. I mean, you could start with looking at the card and, and speaking the name of it or what, you know, it, it core value or what, what it's on the card. You know, like I see two lovers standing naked in a forest. And then, they're going to catch cold. Yeah, they're going to catch cold. You know, it, it'll come, like everybody, like we keep saying, it'll come out when it needs to come out. Yeah. And people are sometimes paying, not not because you're another card reader, because they want to hear your perspective. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, I also wanted to add one more thing. Um, a lot of the readings that I do are not fortune-telling, mm-hmm. per se. They're more um, confirmation of what the client already knows on some level. And that's what I tell them on the outset. I say mm-hmm. to them, like, listen, especially if they're new to the tarot or if it's the first time they're reading. And that's one of the things I have in my intake forms, like whether or not you've had a reading before. Because if you have had a reading before, then I'm just like, okay, cool. This is how I roll let's go. But if they haven't had a reading before, I kind of explain to them a little bit about how tarot works and how I read tarot, which is, you know, if the future was set in stone, then why the hell would we ever pay for a reading? Mm-hmm. You know, like if there, there are bad cards that come up, quote unquote, you know, these circumstances can either be changed, mitigated, or learned from. And this is just a heads up for you, you know? So, but, but a lot of the time it's just like, oh, well, that just confirms, you know, kind of the reason why I booked with you. And I'm just like, then I did my job. There you go. And also, I think it's important to point out, back to that psychic thing, right? Like, I did a reading for a lady a couple weeks ago. And for some reason, I'm like, why is there a lemon in my head? And she, like, kind of, oh, 
like one of those things. And she goes, the only tattoo I have on my body is a lemon. (laughs) And I went, oh, there you go. Okay. Um, And it was, I don't know why I saw that. And I don't know what, I do know what caused me to say something about it. I saw it because it was a verification to her that the things I was telling her were for her. It was validation. And I got it in my head because I was connecting with her and whatever in the universe is like, hey, you're on the right track. Here's a lemon, I guess. I don't know what the fuck they were thinking. Guys are weird. But (laughs) that you need to allow yourself to be open to things like that. So I will tell somebody I've had, you know, the banana song stuck in, I don't know why it's all fruit today. Just fucking deal with it. (laughs) I've had the banana boat song stuck in my head all day. And they're like, oh my God, my dad used to work with Harry Belafonte. And I'm like, well, that's cool. And then we do the thing. But you have to leave yourself open to non-predictive gooses from the universe that are going to help the person feel more comfortable with you. Mm -hmm. And it took me a long time to be open to that because I was like, why am I thinking about lemons? This is mm. stupid. Focus on your job, right? I'm so but I'm so happy. I'm so happy that you mentioned that because I thought I was like a crazy person. Well, um, especially well, I mean, I am. I know that <laughs> we all but, are. But those 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 things that come out of left field that have sometimes it's on the tarot cards. Sometimes it had nothing to do with the tarot cards, and all of a sudden, the songs in your head, or this quote, or, or this cat phrase, or a cat in the face, or mm-hmm. um. But but you have to say it. You yeah. have to say it, even though you think like you're a total crazy person. But it's you just can like even listen. It. And can, I I always preface it yeah, with like yeah. I know this sounds weird, but I'm gonna yeah. say it anyway because every time I've gotten like this kind of left field feeling, I have yeah. to say it, and it's always been pertinent, and it always is. It always is. So it's just like it's almost as if the universe is just like. Here, if you act a little bit like a fool, I swear you will get rewarded for it. If you take that step. Oh my God. Oh, look what we did, guys. Full circle. Um, so yeah, I think, I think that, you know, being open, practicing, allowing yourself, <clears throat> excuse me, to be a student, to be an apprentice, and then to be a journeyman and to be a master. Those are all very different levels. Um, and there was a quote that I found a few weeks ago, and it was like, seven years of practice, seven years of playing, seven years of teaching, and then you're a master. And this was for bards. And I think you can apply that to tarot to give yourself seven years to study, seven years, you know, to practice, seven years to teach. And then when that's all over, you start over again and become a student again. Mm. And you go through the 21 again. Um, And I, that's worked for me and it's worked for these two jokers so maybe it'll work for you too so allow yourself the space and time you need to be a student and then when you're ready to be you know a professional set those boundaries figure out what your what your parameters are and get to work Thank you so much for joining us uh, at Cardslingers Coast to Coast. You can check out more episodes at cardslingerscc.podbeam.com. And please send us your questions at cardslingerscc at gmail.com. We'll see you next time. <laughs>